0: Following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!
0: This, this is Mick shot streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola.
1: And we are off to a flying start on a Wednesday edition of Mix Shots. If you're watching on Periscope, you saw we got started a couple of minutes ago. You saw you saw it, that's the key word. You saw it, you didn't hear us get started. We've got a false start to start this one, but we trust that you not only see us, but you also hear us now. Bill Jones and Mickey Spagnola inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And Everson Walls inside the SWBC
2: Mortgage Home
1: Studio. Hello, Everson.
2: Hello, William. Hello, Mickey. How are you doing, people? I'm great. You guys? Good to be with you, Bill. I get to actually uh, see you. It's Wednesday,
1: and I am in person here at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. What's the occasion today? On Wednesday, I tape a high school football preview show in the studios here right after we get done with mix shots, and so I have permission to enter the building on Wednesday afternoons. That's why I'm here in studio. Very good. So there you You know the schedule for me for For at least now, and you could triple up because I think you have to read
3: my script for the legend show too. Oh, that's right, I'd have to do that too. We got a legend show coming up also. I must
2: say, guys, I really miss the uh, Spagnola Jack Black readings. I'm, I'm I'm looking for those to come back. They yeah. gotta come back, guys. Right. I'm, I don't like the the reading now. I, only spags. That should be all spags all the time. We that, need to we need to Jack talk Black. with
3: with Nikki about those to get those back in the air and right. doing the reads because they've got some really good sales going on right now. Yeah, and I need some
2: more Jack Black. Mm. No, I, I know saw. you oh. know all about it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all right, there is a news happening here at the Star, and there's news happening around the National Football League. That's where we started yesterday, so why don't we start in Nashville again today, because they are not starting in Nashville. In fact, uh, they've closed down the facility due to the first, do we call it an outbreak? COVID-19 outbreak in the NFL. It took, them, took three weeks of the season, that's a good thing, But yeah. uh, and now the word comes down this morning that the uh, Titans... Game against the Steelers is postponed. They are hoping for the start of next week, right, Mickey? Yes, they talked about postponing
3: to maybe Monday or Tuesday, so we could have a Tuesday night game. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're they're kind of just waiting to see how the week goes because they want to make sure both teams have uh, enough, or especially Tennessee, enough time to practice uh, preparing for the game since they shut down the facility. So. Um, they had another. They had three originally players test positive. Another one did uh, yesterday. So it's four and five uh, pe- personnel people uh, that are in Tier 1 and Tier 2. So that's nine altogether right now. And I guess they want to see if they've got uh, control of this and, and, and it, it's stopped and nobody else is going to continue to test positive before they open up the facility and get back to work. So, yeah, it's the first one. Uh, that's happened, and you know everybody was like, "Well, the NFL didn't have—they don't have any idea what they're doing." Well, they—you got to figure this out. You know, this isn't like baseball, where you play two, or you know, you push it off and you just play the next day. So. Oh.
1: There's no such thing as uh, – in baseball, they, they played seven-inning double-headers. Yeah. There's yeah. no such thing as playing a uh, three-quarter <laughs> double-header. <laughs> Can't do that in football, <laughs> it, right? In football. Uh, so – and that's probably – Hopefully they'll be able to get that game in on Monday or Tuesday. Right. And it won't disrupt the schedule because we were we were looking ahead and when they might be able, if they had to, uh, postpone it till later in the season. And um, it, it is workable. I think the Steelers would have had to reschedule a game with the Ravens to make their bye week coincide with the Titans bye week. The good news on this right now is, though, the Titans did play at Minnesota on Sunday. There have been no positive tests out of the Vikings camp, and so the Vikings are ready to get back to work and uh, get prepared for their game against the Texans on Sunday.
3: Yeah, and the other thing that came out, the NFL and the NFL PA uh, sent out a strongly worded memo to the coaches, general managers, and team executives that includes a passage that says uh, it will address... A lack of compliance with accountability measures that may include suspensions and/or forfeiture of draft picks. Meaning, if people on the sideline yep. aren't wearing their masks, there's going to be more than a financial fine uh, for those players and those teams. So they're really emphasizing uh, for people on the sideline to keep those masks on uh, during on game day.
2: All right, and you so know, in, the, in regards to in regards to the. Um, the, the, the initial problem that we're having here, it kind of reminds me of baseball when they first started out. I think it was a Florida Marlins had so many guys tested positive and uh, it looked like they were going to have to shut everything down. But they continued. And uh, initially, I think I would have pushed the panic button if uh, the Major League Baseball Association didn't uh, what hadn't already shown us kind of a blueprint on how you can work your way through this thing, knowing it's not going to be pretty, uh, knowing that we're going to have a Monday or Tuesday night game. Heck, you might know, we might have a Wednesday night game before it's all said and done. I mean, because right now there are lo- no limitations. There's no, there's no template to follow. But I do like the fact that the Major League Baseball had these same issues initially, and they were able to come out of it. So I, I think we'll be able to do the same in the NFL, hopefully. I'm looking forward to. It. I don't you know, want to stop the season. It's already on its way.
3: You know, ever since this is almost like a reminder because things have been going so well for those first uh, two and a half, three weeks that you would people probably players tend to relax and say, "Okay, well, you know, there's there's no uh, threat here." Well, this came to reminder, and uh, Mike McCarthy even talked about it. Uh, today in his press conference uh, he said that you know during their team meeting he said they were reinforcing all the things they've been doing and reemphasizing to everyone uh, that we've got to continue on the path we were on uh, you know being very uh, diligent about following all the protocols uh, and not let this thing catch us by surprise and you know it, I, I just think it was inevitable with guys going home uh, that at some point, you know, I don't know where you con- contacted it if you went out and didn't do what you were supposed to do going out, which is another thing they're going to keep an eye on because I can't remember who was it. There was a story about some one team uh, found out a bunch of players did some sort of charity thing and they were at it without masks on and so they were going to investigate that. But you just can't let your guard down just because it seems like everything's reopening.
1: Well, and the big thing about that is that uh, it's not just you. If uh, you have a wife Right. You have kids, whatever, or kids. girlfriend, or whatever. Kids going to and, school. And you're around other people, and then you can't help but be around uh, your family. You know, the other thing that football uh, has. Which is more challenging, obviously, with basketball and hockey, they're in a bubble situation. Uh, in baseball, they were traveling, but they're playing every day, and there's just not much downtime to go out and, to a restaurant, or even to be around your family. Or you know, You're in a routine where you're primarily playing night games, you're going home, you're going to bed, and you're going to the ballpark the next day. You're traveling with the team, and you're isolated in a hotel, and they're taking all the protocols. The problem football has is that during the week, yeah, you are practicing starting on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but you're going home after practice, you're off a couple of days or a day and a half during the week, and there's more opportunities for you to be around other people that aren't being tested. You know, I saw in in today's paper, I thought it was kind of
3: alarming, uh, after the Stars had been in that bubble for, what, nine weeks, uh, they flew home. Uh, And a bunch of fans met him at the airport uh, as they were going through the airport, and I saw that Hudobin was taking a picture with a couple fans. None of them had their mask on, and I'm going, okay, you just quarantined yourself for nine weeks, and now you're out in public with two people you don't know, and you're not wearing a mask? It's
1: like, boy, you got to rethink that. He didn't leave it. Leave his well, see, garden. That's down what they thought they were thinking yeah.
2: because they're so happy to be out, of the, out of the bubble. It's like we're normal they're again. They're so happy yeah. that be. It's over. <laughs> it's almost like a relief. Yeah. And the other thing that you have is, is really you have one protocol for the sports uh, teams, but then you know when you go out in public, then your state or your city might have a totally different set of protocols that you have to adhere to. So there's different between. Uh, What what the Cowboys are doing versus what the city of Dallas or the Dallas County or Collin County or the state of Texas is different. How we approach it as private citizens versus the protocol that they have to deal with throughout the NFL or all the major sports. So that that you're having to uh, uh, jump in and out of that, you know, between one one protocol to another protocol, they just have to be mindful that uh, we have different protocols in the, on the team sports for a reason, because you are in a unique situation. When it comes to the, the state protocol or city protocol, they're all over the place. So you, you got to ignore those and realize the task at hand is to be all in on the NFL protocol.
1: You know, and and Mickey uh, mentioned this yesterday. Uh, The NFL has – there's a reason that there are expanded rosters this year. Uh, reason there's an expanded practice squad this year, it is because they anticipated that there would be situations arise like this, which is why the Tennessee Titans, even with four positive cases, can go ahead and play a football game on Monday or Tuesday, whenever they reschedule this for.
3: Yeah, and and the other thing that uh, took place, I guess, the beginning of this week is uh, Roger Goodell sent out a memo. Uh, to all the teams, uh, also emphasizing their protocols of, uh, you know, how they bring in players for workouts. And I I, I think he strongly suggested that you might want to back off on that stuff. And one of the reasons why Earl Thomas didn't get a workout in Houston, and it wasn't just him, they were evidently going to work out a bunch of players uh, Monday, Tuesday, and they kind of suggested to him that you might be real careful about that. Uh, you might put him in a hotel room and make sure you're testing him before you bring him into the facility for a workout. I thought it was something he had done. No, all the conspiracy theories that Jerry was flying in and, and, and put a halt to the workout because he's going to sign <laughs> Earl Thomas, I think, probably got thrown down into the, the, the trash container. And, and the,
2: and I just assumed that he did something controversial and, 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 you and, you know, you know whatever, whatever way you know, we're going to call his, this up.
3: Yeah, with his background, it was probably a good assumption, too, by Well, <laughs> and, and so Bill O'Brien. Yeah, that's and, what I
2: thought it was. I thought it was a whole Kaepernick thing that they the rules got all mixed up and, hey, I don't want it this way, I don't want it that way. I just assumed that it was his camp that had something to do with that cancellation. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It was simply because of a, a protocol's put in place.
1: Yeah, and uh, and and the initial reports kind of came out that way. And first, Thomas's agent said that no, we were informed by the Texans that due to uh, COVID issues, we they had to cancel the practice. And then Bill O'Brien this morning made a point to talk about how that how much respect he has for Earl Thomas, and they yeah they wanted to bring him in, but it was a sort of a league-wide thing that uh, hey let's they got a notice from the league. That uh, these workouts, let's let's put a hiatus on them for a little bit.
3: Yeah, you know, and even if right. you if you you know bring in a guy without a workout, he's still got to test negative three times in four days before he's allowed in the facility. So, you know, so, you you almost have to plan for two weeks in advance. Right.
1: And the reason that the Texans were interested in Earl Thomas is because they had an injury at the safety position on Sunday. So you're right. These personnel people. I mean, Will McClay has to sit there and anticipate. Okay, here we are, depth wise. Let's say at the safety position. What if we lose a guy on Sunday? Well, you have to have already brought safeties in to make sure that you had them. You have them ready to go, uh, or you 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 understand where they are physically. Okay, and then because even when they come in, they still got to pass three tests before they can work yeah. out with a team. And
3: that's why I think when you see you know the questions to Jerry and Stephen and Mike McCarthy about, well, can you change this? Bring somebody in to help out. And they're like, well, we got to kind of do this from within because they know even if you bring somebody in, it's not for a week
1: before yeah. you're going to they're, they're not going to be able em. to practice on Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. going to do you, you know, any good. You, so you got to address it from within. They might be able to clear protocol by Friday, maybe, Right. But, and so they have been they haven't practiced your two heavy days of the week so they're not going to be able to contribute I mean just the next think game
3: just remember when the Cowboys signed Everson Griffin you know they he didn't clear whatever day they did it he didn't clear till Saturday and then I don't think he got right. to practice either Sunday or Monday uh, the first time yes, so sure. yeah it takes a while so it's not an instant cure for whatever ails you and speaking of whatever ails you uh, Tyron Smith at least, uh, practice on a limited basis. Okay, today. that's a
1: little tease, okay? All We're right. going to take a little break here the and we'll get to do the have some full injury stuff. update on Tyron Smith and where the Cowboys are injury wise from Mickey Spagnola in just a moment.
0: Back, back, back to Mick shots.
1: Looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com. All right. We continue here on mixed shots. Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola with your Wednesday practice report. Yes, and as I was teasing
3: before we went to break, uh, Tyron Smith uh, did uh, work on a limited basis, but you know it was more than on the side doing resistant cord work. He actually had a helmet and shoulder pads on and kind of went through. Uh, the individual drills went through, and they do kind of their skeleton lineup with the offense and the defense is off doing their own deal. Uh, so at least he was out there. Uh, and the other guy that I saw was out there and running effortlessly was C.D. Lamb. So you can put this conspiracy thing uh, to bed that he was hurt at the end of the game, and that's why he wasn't in on whatever play uh, everybody's been talking about. So uh, he was out there, um, and after that, the other guys I think were still – uh, in 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 the rehab that are on injured reserve, those guys were still in rehab. So uh, really, they you know everybody's like, well, when are they going to get everybody back? Well, the guys on on injured reserve, the only one that was eligible to come off was Leo Collins, and it doesn't look like he's ready. And I still think there's something else wrong other than the hip that's preventing him from rehabbing the hip injury that he had. Jerry alluded to it. Uh, and all I know is when they started training camp and he wasn't initially out there, uh, the back problems he had flared up. Uh, the back that he had end of last year kind of flared up in the off season. So they were trying to, and I don't know if that's why or if there was something else. Uh, I understand he was a little bit overweight, uh, so uh, COVID didn't treat him well the way it didn't treat a lot of people <laughs> well. It gained weight having to quarantine at home. So from an injury standpoint. Um, and I believe during the uh, the individual drills, if I remember correctly, uh, at least uh, uh, Anthony Brown and Chittabe Awuzeye have moved on to doing resisting cord work, so that's a good sign for them. Uh, Chidibe's still got to miss two more games, and Anthony Brown one more game uh, before they would be eligible to come back. And uh, Terrence Steele was out there, so whatever stomach ailment he had, uh, looks like uh, he was good enough to be able to practice today. So we'll see when we get the official injury report. But I did notice that from Cleveland's standpoint, uh, they've got a bunch of injuries. A, guy, a bunch of guys didn't practice. They're a starting left card guard, uh, Joel uh, Boutonio, I got it. Uh, sort of sort of, uh, <laughs> did not practice and they were they were worried about that one. Also Denzel Ward their starting corner uh, did not practice along with Adrian Claiborne. Cowboys know enough about him. Now he's a backup and he was the backup to Olivier Vernon uh, and he hasn't been practicing so they've got a little bit of a problem there. Also uh, Greedy Williams uh, was limited uh, in practice and also uh, Hunt, Kareem Hunt, did not practice. So they've got some injury oh. concerns going into this game also.
2: That is a heck of a running back right there. Uh, is, so what, they have not made a decision on what he's going to be, if he's going to be available? Yeah, it's
3: just early for in the, the week. It was early the in the week. They were, it was projecting that he would not practice today.
2: Now that's a heck of a guy there. They, they've got a great one-two punch that we have to deal with And as bad as our run, well, as good as our run defense was, especially against the the Seahawks, I hope that we continue that. Uh, You know, when they start talking about the Players Association, it's something I just had to bring up. With all of the injuries that we're having, uh, and they're talking about uh, the 49ers are complaining about the different fields that they're playing on, especially in the Meadowlands. They were talking about the New York Jets, Jersey, a uh, New York Giants a uh, uh, field. I just thought that was so ironic that the 49ers <laughs> are complaining about <laughs> a field. You know, I'm pretty sure that's still below sea level <laughs> out there in, in San Francisco. I don't know about Santa Clara, but I do know that they have no room to talk about how bad a field can be. We had to wear spikes this long when we went out there for the second time. I don't know if you guys know the story. First game in 1981 played against the 49ers, we got blown out. And and it wasn't just the field, but they had a heck of a squad, obviously. Ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. But uh, the field itself was just, it was weighing on us uh, mentally because we kept falling down. We couldn't get any traction. We went out there for the championship game. We were ready this time. We had, we had spikes this long, but now your legs are completely exhausted just and your calf muscles and everything just from trying to pick up those spikes on the top of your shoes. And uh, I just thought it was a, 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 a travesty, not just for our game, but as the Cowboys finally went in to kick the 49ers' butt after all those years, they did it on one of the worst fields that you can ever play on so i just thought that was very it was very ironic that you have the nerve you have the gall to talk about somebody's field when we've been complaining about you guys ever since the dinosaurs were alive
3: yeah but you know everson you got to remember these guys don't know what took place 40 years ago or 30 years ago so <laughs> They not think
2: forty. They, not forty. Well, nineteen oh eighty-one.
3: <laughs> that's that's basically forty. Ooh,
2: years oh my really god! Crazy. I am freaking old, dude. I just got older. <laughs> I just felt older. Oh my god! And
3: that NFC title game. I had to, in I had to bring up one more
2: thing. To, I had to bring up one more thing to crack me up. And I know this is off topic, uh, The Philadelphia Eagles. You know they're known for booing the, the everything, Santa Claus, mm-hmm. Christmas. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, and I thought it was so funny with no fan participation. They actually put it on the, 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 the uh, telestrator, boo.
3: <laughs>
2: they actually typed out boo at the stadium in Philly. I thought that was just so classic that if, if any team needed to boo, needed, uh, fans needed to boo. Those fans would be in Philadelphia, and they're not there. So the Telestrator put Boo on the stadium when Carson Wentz, I think, threw an interception. So I thought that was very fitting, extremely fitting. COVID will not take away the boos. The fans may not be there, but the boos remain in Philadelphia. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm
1: And by the way, on Candlestick Park, it is now way below sea level because it's it's been demolished. It's it's part of the bay now. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Mickey, anything out of Mike McCarthy's press conference this morning that struck you? Well, the one thing I mentioned um,
3: really wasn't – well – his his emphasis, uh, I think, on the turnovers uh, that are bothering the Cowboys, you know, they have, not counting the two f- uh, fake punts that didn't work, they have six. So they're tied for 30th in the league right now for the uh, most giveaways. Uh, There's two teams tied at seventh. I'm going to count the
1: fake punch too. Okay,
3: well then they uh, they have the most because uh, and tied with seven. Guess what? The Washington football team and your New York football Giants. So the three they're not mine. Three of the four (laughs) NFC East teams are at the bottom when it comes to takeaways and the thing. I mean turnovers and the thing about their giveaways. All six of them. Uh, it, with the exception of the end of game one, uh, the, the interception at the end of the game, uh, the other five have all led uh, to scores, uh, totaling, uh, I believe, 31 points I counted up. So, uh,
2: four, Wow, 31 points, that's four, a lot of points. Four
3: touchdowns and a field goal, uh, 31 points. And that doesn't account for the fumble at the one-yard line that led to the safety uh, so that's 33 points. I look at it. wasn't a turnover, but it might as well have been recovering at the one-yard line. So 33 points of the Cowboys. It wasn't a
2: safety up. either. It wasn't a safety either, yeah.
3: Uh, and so, although I still don't think he got out even after he laid on the ground, uh, even though no one touched him, but the whistle blew. So... Uh, But anyway, his (laughs) emphasis was we got to take care of the football. And and,
1: let me ask you this: is a is a failed fourth down conversion that's not a fake punt? You turn the ball over on downs, right? Is that you consider that to be a turnover? That's
3: three, the two fake punts and and and
1: the fourth and three that now I think it depends on the field position on it, okay? Because like for instance, on the fourth and three in L. A. Yeah. At the 11 yard line, you don't make that, and you're giving the ball up at the nine. And so that would be, yeah. But if a fourth, if you're going forward on fourth down at your own 40, where you're losing the field position if you don't make it, then I think that counts as a turnover. Right, right. Okay. So the
3: two fake punts count.
1: Yes. Okay. In my opinion, because otherwise you could have uh, punted them and flipped the field. And that's sort of the point on this whole Seattle game and why the Cowboys had so many yards of total offense. Look where they were starting their drives. I mean, the, the the Cowboys' starting field position for the entire game was uh, the average starting field position was their own 18-yard line. The Seahawks' average starting field position was their own 34-yard line. Right. And so that's a significant difference right there.
2: I, I think that even goes back to last year, if you think about it. Especially I I the first part of the year
1: last year when they weren't getting takeaways <laughs> and the starting field position they, was horrible. They, <laughs> wait, you know, wait.
2: When did they start with takeaways? I'm well, sorry, I mean, they I finally got that.
1: one like the sixth game of the season. Is with <laughs> the first? Year? Yeah, last year It took a while. Yeah, yeah. it was
2: like it was Halloween they before they got, they got a
1: takeaway. I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I think last year also we still had. We, I think our, our uh, scoring drives had to accumulate to be on average the 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 the, the most, uh, la- the at, at least the longest. worst starting yeah. position in the league. I'm, I'm pretty sure. That belonged to us last year as well.
3: You know, the other thing he said that stood out to me, uh, he he was talking about the communication on defense in particular, uh, and specifically probably in the secondary. And he said communication is always the root of defensive success or defensive failure. Uh, And so uh, I think he understands that uh, the defensive communication has to be better they can't bust assignments as we were talking about over these past two days leaving guys so wide open uh, you know it, it, and it's got and, and and they had a bust uh, it was the falcons game right the tight end hurst right. there, there wasn't anybody yep. within 20 yards of
1: him so you had another That's busted true. coverage and, and by the way, Everson, the average starting field position for the Cowboys last year, their own twenty-six yard line, that ranked 29th in the league. And you know, you get a pretty good head start on leading the league in total offense when you got more real estate to cover <laughs> with, exactly. with your starting field position. Exactly. All right, we continue with. And um, we are blessed. Go ahead, Everson. Uh, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll you, talk about okay, it. let's no, tease whatever you're going to say next, okay? What is Everson well, I, I going to say next? i was just going to gonna continue next? and
2: say, That's why we have. Hold on. Don't uh, say it yet. Don't it's a, say it. Tease. Don't it's say it.
1: a tease, Everson. <laughs> what Everson is going to
0: say coming up next on Mix Shots. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week proudly wearing the star to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Light together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
1: Back, back to mixed shots
3: Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United presented by Globe Life starting at just $20. Visit cowboys.dallascowboys.com/united
1: all right, very good, and uh, when we job, last man. spoke with you on mixed shots, Everson Walls was about to say something he was profound, something. and he's now going to say whatever it was he was about to say. I,
2: I, I, I'm sorry, I, it's going to be pretty anticlimactic. I just wanted to add on uh, to, to what you guys were talking about. Uh, when you start that, that deep in your territory, Most of the time, that leads to lots of turnovers and lots of unfinished drives. One thing that we did, we were blessed to finish those drives. That's why Dak is looking for a new contract. That's why our offense has so many yards built up. We're blessed to have talent that can at least get us out of that hole. The problem is you don't want to make a habit of that because I don't care how good you are. Eventually, defenses are going to catch up with you. Maybe not the Cowboys' defense, but all the ones that we're playing playing against. So what what does uh, Mike Nolan, what is his role in this as a defensive coordinator? You know, are we going to continue to play off of the offense? Are we going to continue to let them be the catalyst of the team? Or are we going to try and participate in some way to give them an opportunity to win? Are we going to try and get them better field position by being more aggressive defensively? Because that's what Mike Nolan has to look at. Does he just throw all caution to the wind? Because right now we're playing defense very cautiously. And does he, does he become more aggressive? Does he do more run blitzes? Does he, you know, just turn into a Tyler different defensive coordinator? Or do we continue to go down this road of, of ineptness coming from our, our defense, and especially our secondary? We talked about yesterday. We have the worst pass defense. In the NFL, and uh, along with close to the the best passing offense in the NFL. It pretty much leads to what we've been accustomed to eight and eight seasons, you know, 500 seasons, uh, not making the playoffs. I'm hoping we make changes quickly enough here to where we don't have to worry about making changes during the last, when it's desperate, desperate times. I wanna make those changes right now. And see what kind of guys we have that can adhere to those changes, players and coaches. Guess who has the worst pass
3: defense in the league, meaning giving up the most pass? I was wrong. Yep. Seattle. Seattle. Okay. Cowboys are twenty twenty. <laughs> I'm sure this this see, has three, to do with that. <laughs>
1: and they're three and zero. Oh.
2: <laughs> three and zero. Oh. They are three. Three and zero. Oh. Oh. All right. The
1: Cleveland Browns come here for a noon kickoff on Sunday, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Browns here in the next couple of days. We've got five minutes left here. And uh, to kick off our Browns scouting report, let's just do it this way. What is it that concerns you the most? You didn't give me a scouting
2: report last week, Bill. Uh,
1: What is it that concerns – we're going to kind of tease ahead to Thursday and Friday here – what is it that concerns you the most about playing the Cleveland Browns this week? It is a Cleveland Browns team that is looking for its third straight win and is averaging 34.5 points a game the last two weeks, albeit against Cincinnati and the Washington football team. Everson, what is it that concerns you the most about playing Cleveland this week? The
2: running game. Two great running backs uh, they're very confident right now. They lost their first game. But in those last two games, we came to see what is really going to be their strength. Uh, even uh, uh, Odell Beckham has finally come to the conclusion that we are not going to be that uh, pass-happy team You know, throwing the ball all over the place. They're going to be a controlled ball club, much like we are. Uh, but probably won't throw the ball as much because their defense gives them a better chance to win. So that running game being the catalyst of their attack, that's that's what's going to bother me.
3: And I'm right there with Everson uh, because, as coaches will tell you, if you can't stop the run, uh, you don't earn the right to rush the quarterback. And this team is number three in the National Football League uh, in rushing yards. They're averaging 5.2 a carry and 190 uh... per game and we know that the cowboys have had trouble previously stopping the run because they get so focused on putting pressure on the quarterback uh... they forget about the importance of stopping the run so to me uh... that's the deal and you know i i don't know i i haven't looked enough at what they do offensively but in their uh... weekly release when they sent out the depth chart They do list a fullback uh, as part of their 11-man offense. And if that's the case, you know, the Cowboys really haven't played all that much uh, with three linebackers on the field. They've been in nickel with these three teams. I don't know that you want to line up in nickel against this bunch if they got a fullback out there and you're relying on a safety or corner in the slot to help support the run against these two guys, Chubb and Hunt.
1: And the fullback, Andy Janovich, he was in the game for 17 offensive snaps against Washington and 22 offensive snaps the previous week against Cincinnati. So
3: they'll go heavy, and if the fullback in there, I bet the tight ends uh, are in there too. So uh, they want want to run the ball, uh, and Everson mentioned it. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. seems to be okay with not all about me. You know, it's all about the team. Uh, and maybe they're taking a little uh, pressure off of Baker Mayfield. He's only thrown the ball 85 times uh, in two games, so that's less than 30 uh, 30 a game, while Dak is you know, probably averaging, I'm going to do it off the top of my head, probably about 50 a game, it, it seems like, uh, yeah. with how much the Cowboys have thrown the ball. So uh, they, they'll, they'll run it at you, and that creates more big plays. Uh, for them, Dak's thrown the ball 143 times in three
2: games.
1: That's nearly nearly 50 a game. And uh, Mayfield, the last One two. One thing
2: you have to realize,
1: uh, the Mayfield,
2: the last two weeks has been exactly
1: 16 out
2: of 23 both games. As
3: well. Yeah. So stopping the run definitely is something that the Cowboys have to make a priority of, and it'll be interesting to see how they do it. You know, because they're short on linebackers. You know, it's been Jalen Smith. Uh, and, and Joe Thomas uh, and, and and at yep. times if they've wanted a third linebacker it's, it's kind of been Alden Smith standing up on the outside with a four-man run. Now maybe you go and use more of your 3-4 defense and act like two of your defensive ends are, are linebackers along with the two guys in the middle. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it but um and
2: they'll probably bring down the safety as well. Yeah. They'll probably bring the safety down as and, well. And as let Andy him Woods play in
3: the box. And too. have
2: him fill a hole. And they're they're very good at that. They're very good at that defense, bodes them well. Uh he Woods gets in there pretty good. We got a couple of good hard hitting safeties. But then here comes the play action pass bags. Yeah. And when you have that that play action, just like with the Dallas Cowboys it's going to be some big holes in there if you're not careful. And when Landry and Beckham catch the ball, regardless of whether you throw to them 10 times or just one time, each time that they catch it, they're trying to take it to the house. And if you have those holes open up in there because of that play action pass, then it's going to be another track meet that we're looking at. And it's it's just going to look a little bit different from Seattle. But the, the guys going to the end zone, it still looks the same.
3: All Baker, right. Baker Baker said he's okay getting in a shootout with Dak Prescott. He said that. Yes, he did. I saw the No, code. he's not. No, he's not.
2: No, he is not.
1: Uh, no, I, he is not. Have you ever <laughs> heard of Baker Bay- Bayfield not being confident coming in, or cocky, or worse than that, coming into any football game that he's played? I think uh, you I got
2: a very good point there. Yeah. Well, I, I got a handed to him. After that first loss, it, it was it could have been easy to fold. It really could have been. And uh, I have to hand it to that entire team on how they kind of pull themselves together. And they're above 500 for the first time, I think, since Mayfield's been there. You know Am I right?
3: Mean? Uh, I think since Johnny Manziel was the quarterback. In 2014. Wow! And how'd that turn
1: out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, that does it for this edition of Mix Shots, and we will be back with much more live in the inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco tomorrow at
0: 1:30. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about the Cowboys? Yeah!